0: Good morning and welcome to the cyber smart morning news update with the always evolving world of cyber threats and defense. You need a source. You can trust FBI retired special agent, Darren Mott guides you through today's intricate cyber landscape and brings you the latest headlines and insights and what it means to you. Let's dive into today's cyber news. Good morning, friends. It is Monday, November 20th, 2023. It's Thanksgiving week. So, uh, Will we have, will there be a podcast on Thanksgiving or on Friday after Thanksgiving? There'll be one on both. So you can have something to listen to on those days if you're so inclined. Let's get right into the cyber news because did cyber crime and cyber issues stop over the weekend? Sadly, they did not. In fact, I had to start deleting tabs because I had too many things to talk about. So I'm going to kind of hit on some of the high points. One is just more for me to laugh at. But other than that, let's get into uh, securityfairs.com. This is from Per Luigi Paganini reporting. This is a good news story. Israeli man sentenced to 80 months in prison for providing hacker for hire services. Azaram Azari, 52, was sentenced to 80 months in prison for computer intrusion, wire fraud, and aggravated identity theft in connection with his involvement in a massive spear phishing campaign targeting companies and individuals in the U.S. and around the world. The man was arrested in September 2019 while traveling to the U.S. From abroad, so that's a long time to actually get to a sentencing. But you know, it is it is what it is with the um, legal system. Uh, Azari orchestrated the international hacking for hire spear phishing campaign from his home in Israel, according to the G- DOJ. He netted over 4.8 million dollars in criminal proceeds. They're probably asking, how was he arrested? Well, well, like I said in the first paragraph, he traveled to the U.S. That was probably a bad plan on his part if he knew he was a criminal. But hey, whatever, nothing. No one ever said that criminals were smart. So uh, 80 months is what? Seven, no, six, six, six and then three quarters years. You'll probably get sometime served from when he was arrested in 2019 so in four years and when he's 56 he'll be out and probably doing this again but anyway score one for the good guys someone got arrested someone went to jail so thumbs up on that but no one got their money back all right from cso online.com this is lucian constantine reporting ransomware gang files sec complaint against company that refused to negotiate now if you're on linkedin you probably saw this article all over the place over the weekend but i figured i'd touch on it here in case you may have missed it Um, And so the Black Hat Ransomware Gang has been abusing upcoming U.S. Security and Exchange Commission cyber incident reporting rules to put pressure on organizations that refuse to negotiate ransom payments. This is a new one. The attackers filed an SEC complaint against one victim already in a move that's likely to become common practice once the new regulations go into effect in mid-December. So basically, they hacked somebody, the company didn't report it in time, didn't pay the ransom, and so the bad guys are filing a complaint to the SEC Well, that's pretty awesome. Now, how does the SEC deal with these complaints? That'll be interesting to see as well. On Wednesday, the cyber criminals behind the Black Hat ransomware, also known as V, listed Meridian Link, a provider of digital lending solutions to financial institutions on its data leak website that's used to publicly name and shame companies. The group allegedly compromised. Most ransomware gangs have adopted this double extortion tactic in recent years to force the hand of uncooperating victims by threatening to sell or release data to attackers managed to steal. So now they have a three-pronged approach by being able to file SEC complaints if the companies don't pay, which brings us to, again, to the question that we've said many times, should you or should you not pay ransom, right? Because now if you pay the ransom, you get in trouble, potentially, If you don't pay the ransom, you're going to get in trouble because the bad guys are going to report you. So it's an interesting conundrum that companies are going to find themselves in, which means which which kind of highlights the need to improve your cyber leadership, to improve your cyber awareness training, to do all that stuff. Come up with a cyber strategy so that you do not become one of these victims. That's the way you solve this problem. But, you know, there's so many companies that just kind of aren't doing that for a, a variety of reasons. I mean, there was a report last week that the the CISO of Clorox got fired after a data breach. And that's the problem with the CISO position is they're largely scapegoats. So we're going to see more of this issue. Obviously, SolarWinds has highlighted some of this, but you know, a lot of bad stuff going on. CyberNews.com, Stephanie Shepard reporting, city of Long Beach declares local emergency after cyber attack. And this is where we're going to get the dreaded Cyber incident quotations, but anyway, the Long Beach city manager put out a statement Thursday evening proclaiming the city a local emergency. The city manager is bidding it will be moved up to a state emergency by Friday after an official public meeting with city council will kick off. Um, what are we talking about here? Um, okay, yeah, sorry, I missed this. I missed the first, I missed the subheadline. Apologies. The city of Long Beach was hit with a network cyber incident. Oh, they use network cyber incident a cyber incident. On November 14th, with some systems forced to shut down and now local emergencies being out. So basically, they got hit with ransomware. They can't bring up their systems. They don't know what to do. You know, I'm sorry to say, pay the ransom, get your stuff back. But obviously, you don't want to do that. How about get your backups up and running? Oh, maybe you don't have those either. Mm. Well, this is kind of goes to the long, long-term goal of a lot of these hacking groups is finding municipalities that they're, they're clearly under under they don't have good cyber leadership they don't have a good cyber strategy they're getting pounded on this kind of stuff and the bad guys know it we'll find them and we'll then use them now the one thing i will say for long beach they won't have they can't get um shamed into an sec complaint but i mean certainly there's other issues here at play but again another another municipality hit are you a municipality? what are you doing for cyber leadership for cyber training figure it out Hackernews.com, Russian cyber espionage group deploys litter drifter USB worm in targeted attack. Anytime I see a cyber espionage type uh, report, I always want to kind of focus on those because these are really bigger, bigger threats necessarily than say the cyber criminal stuff for for different reasons, but certainly huge. Russian cyber espionage actor affiliated with the Federal Security Service, FSB, which is the Russian... Equivalent somewhat to the FBI have been observed using a USB propagating worm called literate drifter in attacks targeting Ukrainian entities checkpoint which detailed I'm detailed sorry gamer uh, gamer are also known as Aqua Blizzard Iron Tilden primitive bear Shuckworm, winter founder these are just that's the name of the hacking group and um, Branded the group as engaging in large scale campaigns that are followed by data collection efforts aimed at specific targets whose selection is likely motivated by espionage goals. The litter drifter worm packs in two main features, automatically spreading the malware malware via connected USB drives, as well as communicating with the threat actors, command and control servers. It's also suspected to be an evolution of a PowerShell based USB worm that was previously disclosed by Symantec. Uh, in 2023 so this kind of goes to show some additional tools and tactics being used by cyber actors specifically nation state ones are going to find all the good stuff or use all the good stuff that they can or at least the best best uh, most efficient ones rather Uh, to do that this is obviously targeting Ukraine but this will be expanded to other countries uh, who are enemies of Russia so look for that coming your way probably pretty soon. Uh, From SEMagazine.com, Stephen Zurer reporting. CISA warns buggy Sophos, Oracle, Microsoft apps join the known exploited vulnerabilities list. The Cybersecurity Infrastructure Security Agency, or CISA, on Thursday uh, added products from Sophos, Oracle, and Microsoft to its known exploited vulnerabilities catalog. In all three cases, CISA advises security teams to apply mitigations as per the instructions from the vendor, but discontinue if the mitigations are not available. Does it exactly say what they are? Um, So it shows that there's a Sophos web appliance command injection vulnerability that has a critical 9.8 CVVS or CVSS score. It is CVE 2023-1671. If you have if you're if you have updated past four point3 point ten point one for sophos you're good to go if you haven't then you need to update that obviously from a corporate perspective hopefully you know that uh, you're aware of these particular vulnerabilities you're updating those things so again if you're using Sophos Oracle or Microsoft you need to make sure you're patching all of it with anything you need to patch them all but it just kind of goes to show that bad guys are going to use these like this particular report is gonna be used by bad guys to figure out okay how can we then go target companies? Because security report reported or security week rather reported, it's not uncommon for threat actors to exploit Sophos product vulnerabilities and attacks. Well, duh, they exploit everybody's vulnerabilities. Some of the attacks have been linked to a Chinese APT, advanced persistent threat, and targeted government and other organizations in South Asia, which means that is a Chinese nation-state oriented uh, threat actor. It's been reported that the Oracle vulnerability added to the KVE catalog was one of four vulnerabilities targeted for compromise by a Chinese threat actor based on a blog post in early June by Eclectic IQ, the attacks Eclectic IQ observed were aimed at government and critical infrastructures in Taiwan. Again, that will expand to other countries that China is interested in. So again, I, it goes to show maybe you need to subscribe to sites like SE Magazine, all these other sites, that even like the news ones I, I read, just to see, to get intelligence on what's going on so you're aware of all of these vulnerabilities so you can kind of stay on top of patching. The problem obviously is, for small and medium businesses, do they have the personnel to do that? Probably not. Shoot, I would argue that the large organizations probably aren't doing it either, because if we look at some of these entities that have been hit lately, Boeing, MGM, I mean, the list goes on. They make hundreds of millions, if not billions of dollars per year, and they're still getting hit. So certainly there's, there's a flaw somewhere. Um, how we fix it, uh, awareness is the big thing, and, and understanding cyber intelligence. But I think this goes back to what I said Friday on the op-ed, is this has to do with leadership and why we are so weak in the cyber leadership area. It's, it's really amazing. Um, and I think that's something I'm going to probably pound the table on for here for a while. Um, this particular article, I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on just to make a joke about it. This is from cyberscoop.com. Um Cyberscoop is kind of a, a government-oriented uh, news site. And the title is, and this is Matt Bracken, so I'll give him credit for the titles so I can make fun of it. White House is working on version 2.0 of the cyber implementation plan. My question is, when I saw this, is, is Cyber 1.0 really killing it? Honestly? I mean, how's that Cyber Safety Review Board going? I mean, I'm not even going to read this article. It's linked if you want to go read it. I didn't spend a lot of time on it because... We're moving to 2.0. I'd be hard-pressed to say that 1.0 is really, really uh, helping us out a whole lot. But whatever. I digress. Uh, Oh, that's the second. That's the same one I already talked about. Okay, here's the last one I want to talk about. This is from Reuters. This is a lengthy article, and I highly recommend you read it if you have time. It's very interesting. Um, And it's titled, How an Indian Startup Hacked the World. This is Raphael Seder and Zeba Sadiq and Chris Bing reporting. Appian was leading was a leading Indian cyber espionage firm that few people knew even existed. I can say I did not. A Reuters investigation found that the company grew from an educational startup to a hack for hire powerhouse that stole secrets from executives, politicians, military officials and wealthy elites around the globe. Appen alumni went on to form other firms that are still active. So I'm going to read a little bit of this. And then I I again highlight this. If you if you read nothing else from this today, this is the one you should read. But Chuck Randall was on the verge of unveiling an ambitious real estate deal he hoped would give his small Native American tribe a bigger cut of a potentially lucrative casino project. A well-timed leak derailed it all. In July of 2012, printed excerpts of Randall's private emails were hand-distributed across the Shinnecock Nation's Square Mile Reservation, a wooded peninsula hanging off the South Fork of Long Island. The five-page pamphlets detailed secret negotiations between Randall, his tribal government allies, and outside investors to wrest away some of the profits from the tribes, then partner in the gambling world. They sparked an uproar. The pamphlets claimed Randall's plan would sell out the tribe's lands, resources, and future revenues. Within days, four of Randall's allies were voted out Of the tribal government, Randall, who held no formal position with the tribe, was ordered to cease acting on its behalf. So, how did we get this? Well, an Indian company hacked uh, on an industrial scale, stealing data from political leaders. Um, I'm sorry, let let me go back one a little bit here. I kind of jumped ahead, but. uh, it says uh, the scandal that roiled the Shinnecocks barely registered beyond the reservation but it was part of a phenomenon that has drawn interest from law enforcement and intelligence agencies on both sides of the Atlantic Randall's inbox was breached by a New Delhi based information technology firm called Appen whose sudden interference in the matters of a faraway tribe was part of a sprawling cyber mercenary operation that extended across the across the world the Indian company hacked on an industrial scale stealing data from political leaders international executives prominent attorneys and more by the time the Shinnecocks scandal. Uh, Appen was a premier provider of cyber espionage services for private investigators working on behalf of big business law firms and wealthy clients. This is an interesting article from this perspective, right? Is that we're talking, we're talking cyber espionage, and we're talking corporate espionage to a certain degree as well. Corporate espionage is not necessarily Well, it is illegal, but corporate intelligence is not. That's just learning information about your adversaries. What's happening here is entities in the U.S. who know that they would run afoul if they did any of the stuff that this Indian company is doing outsource their request for information to the Indian company to basically launder their culpability so that the the Indians would steal information, provide it back to their client, and then boom, stuff like this would happen. There's a lot more in this article that kind of goes into it. And it's very interesting looking at it from the industrial scale of, the, of what the company did. We don't talk about India a lot, um, especially from a cyber espionage perspective, but this one bears looking at because there's a lot of talented people in India that do work for uh, legitimate work as well for a lot less price than you'd get elsewhere. So, I mean, it's a, if you're looking to do any kind of cyber activity and stuff, India is a place you want to look at simply because the cost is there and they're good at what they do. So it's an interesting article. I highly recommend you take a look and download it. With that, I'm going to let you go for the day because I'm running out on time. I'm not even going to run my reverse bumper so I can or my end bumper so I can still post this online. If you have questions, thoughts, comments, hit me up, darren at thecyberguy.com. Follow me on LinkedIn. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great Monday.